I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Travis, what's going on, man? Hey, Vince. Um, you know, things are going on, um, and this is more undesigned. <laughs> A stellar opening, as always. We're kicking it I real strong. I think I nailed that, okay? I'm just saying, that was a win right there. So uh-huh. today, I rolled number 69. <laughs> okay, so what was number 69? Well, 69 was bad luck in games, and it was bad luck that you rolled number 69 on episode 68, unfortunately. I know, right? Oh, no. That was horrible luck. Horrible, horrible luck. Like, yes. like I, I stuck the intro, but then the rolling thing didn't work out well. Did not, did not. Such potential. Yeah, so I thought this is a follow-up, right? We had previously done a show about sort of luck and how important it should be in games and how you, you, you know, how you deal with that. And I thought that we would do it, and we, we had talked in that episode about doing a follow-up episode on bad luck in games. And I'm fascinated by this. And uh, I'll tell you why. So do you mind if I set the stage here, Travis? Please set the stage, because I don't even remember talking about it before. So let's sure. do that. Okay. So obviously, most of the RPGs we play, not all, but most, are dice-based games. Yeah. yeah. And those dice-based games mean we're relying on a uh, an analog random number generator within a set of constraints, right? Yep. To sort of decide how successful we are in our things that, that we attempt and do in the world. Now, of course, we can mitigate those to some degree through bonuses and stats and all sorts of fun things that happen in the game. Uh, but for some, to, to some degree, we are, uh, we are sailors on a sea of chance, right? Like that's, that's what it is. And, and sometimes the dice, well, by they will just, they will turn against us, and there's nothing much we can do about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's what I here's what I'm saying. Have you ever, Trav, experienced something where at the table somebody just had like the worst run of luck, like a string of string of bad rolls, etc., yeah. and then just things not falling falling correctly in games. Like sure. Things compound upon compound, right? Like you. Yeah. They, you know, put themselves into a bad position. They fail some kind of check. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, they're oh, I, I critical fail, dropped a weapon. No, oh, I critical failed the saving throw. I fell down a hole. No, oh, I critical failed my endurance check and spikes are through me. I'm dead. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That that is exactly what I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> that thing. Yeah, that thing has happened lots. Sure. Sure. We've all. I've, I've seen it that. again and again. Uh, the more you play, the more you're gonna run into it because dice are dice, man. Because dice are dice, and it's going to happen to all of us. And God knows it is just one of the most frustrating things that you can run into, right? Like, when this happens, it's kind of the opposite of fun, right? So, because a little bit of bad dice rolling, you're like, oh, that sucks. That's just part of the game. But when it seems like the universe has literally conspired to get you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, things get a lot less fun real, real fast. I suppose uh, I suppose I agree with that most of the, mostly yeah okay so here's my question Trav so what do you do you're the GM what do you do when the character and like understand that some of this stuff is the character's own rolling right right like like, like it's out of your hands as a GM like you're not making the rolls they they are rolling the roll and they know the number they need so 
you literally can't do anything about it when it happens, is what you're saying. Exactly. Like, um, I can't be like, okay, I need to go easy on this guy. And he's like, well, no, I just, I just rolled that. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Exactly. Yes, that's, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. and I've had this happen a couple times recently in game where, uh, where a couple of our players, man, they just got on a run and they just failure after failure. And then like things got bad yeah. fast, you know, it can just happen. And well, I think I think as a GM, you have to you have to have a, you know, in your toolbox, you have to be ready to uh, to go out of your way <clears throat> to find find a way to to bring the fun back for, for whoever is, you know, on on a fail streak. Yep. Um, you have to be able to be able to figure out a way to both um, fairly and um, reasonably do this, because like if it if it doesn't feel fair, it removes. Um, it, it removes elements of consequence from your game. It uh, also makes so it, yeah, so it sort of cheapens the whole thing. Like, not even that right. characters can't die or something, because that's often the common complaint with stuff like fudging rolls. That's not really what I'm concerned about. It's more like it just makes the it makes the whole experience feel cheap when they get good mm -hmm. rolls. Then, right? Yes. Right. Um. And and so, uh, like, you have to be able to do that. I think I think that's what I was trying to say. You have you have to be able to bring them back into it, let them get back to having fun in the game because that was the intent in the first place and maybe turn it into something that they'll look back on fondly instead of badly. Right. Yep. Um, give them, give them something, something new, some, some kind of new, um, new, new narrative toy to play with within, within whatever you're doing, because, Oh, you know, I went on this horrible fail streak and something really bad happened, but now I've come out on, on come out the other side, you know, better and stronger and, and I'm ready to face it again if it ever happens again, right? That kind of thing. I think so, but I think we need to make this real. So let's walk through a couple. Make it real, buddy. Yeah, let's walk through a couple real scenarios, right? And see if we can't flesh this out. Because to me, the devil's in the details on this one. Sure. Okay. So here's the the common one. I think the one people often think of as being the worst. But my argument is going to be ultimately that it's actually not the worst at all. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see how you feel about it. Okay. Uh, here's the first, which is I get on a bad run and my character dies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that can be rough. Yep. Where like I, uh, you know, one of the elements of let, let's just use current edition D&D &D as the simple thing, because that's sort of an easy one to, to baseline off of. You fail a couple saving throws in a row taking like, you know, maybe even that you maybe even that you actually had a decent bonus against. Right. Like, you were more than 50-50 at. You had a 60% chance or something of success on both of these saving throws, but mm -hmm. yet you failed them both. Still very, not very statistically unusual, honestly, right? Um, failing to, like, 40% chance things in a row. So that happens. So then the character goes down. And then they fail a death save and roll a one. And mm -hmm. one of the things that, one of the ways death saves work in 5e is you can fail three death saves. But if you roll a one on your death save check, guess what? That's two failures. Right? <sighs> yeah. So it suddenly rockets you along the path real fast as you're bleeding out. Ooh. And uh, and you 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 know, before anybody can get to you, you roll a one and then you roll another fail and you're dead. Right. This is something that probably many people have seen happen at the table mm -hmm. uh, as a corollary, by the way, in the last I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, at our table, we had 
three players make four death saves, okay? And they rolled they rolled four ones in a row. Oh my god. Okay. Now this wasn't all in a single combat. This was over the night. And but it was like the four death saves they were all making back to back. Like this one person made it in two separate combats and they rolled two yep. ones twice. It was just like my God, the universe is trying to kill this yep. party, right? Like, holy crap, who weighted the dice? What's happening? Yes. Now no one actually died, but that was pure luck. But anyways. What do you do, Trav, in that situation where a character has kind of, you know, you weren't intending for any narrative reason to kill anybody here. It You were using pretty normal stuff that by all accounts, the party should have had like a pretty normal encounter on, right? But then things just went sideways. Okay, so what do you do there? Now you got a dead character. What do you okay. do? Well, as as a GM, if you if you're if you're running Dungeons and Dragons, it's one of the most forgiving games as far as death goes. Yeah, sure. Like there are there are just there are hundreds of ways out of death in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and so so you do you do something that allows the I, I, I well first okay personally I would first ask the, the the player you know as an aside whether or not they want to continue with that character. Like, if that's if that's a goal of theirs. Like, they, they want to continue with that character at all or whether they actually want to make a new character. Because sometimes, and I have, I have literally had this happen five, six, seven times, a, a dead character to a bad role, I've had players say, no, I think I want to try something different. So in that, in that case, I'm fine with it, and you can just move on with your game and insert a new character in the ways that you would normally... Inserting new character. I think it's a different topic. Inserting new characters into an already established party. Oh, that um, is such a good topic. We're we're uh, writing that one down. Yeah, write that one down. Sure. Uh, but uh, that's that's a different topic. So so there there you're 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 already covered. That's that's one way, and that works for any game. It doesn't matter if you're playing D and D or not. Right. Well, specifically in D and D, you know, a, a large part of part of Dungeons and Dragons is like there 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 are the notion the notions of questing and things like that, and you can have characters go on quests to bring players back. Yep. You can you can have players come back as something similar but different, you know, the same brain, different body, you know, oh, you sure. can have that happen. Like you yep. can come back as werewolves and vampires and things like that. Um uh lichdom. Uh, there there's just all kinds of ways to come back that way. You can come back as an enchanted skeleton that's not actually undead, but you but but actually holds the soul of a character. I mean, there's just so many crazy things you can do. And guess what? If if the PCs are of a certain power level, they can already do it like instant instantaneously, right? Right. Yeah. They can already cast some kind of spell that can raise a dead party member. Now, you know, some GMs don't don't run with that kind of ease of coming back. They they like to run with a like a a harsher reality. Um, and in that case, there that gives you more more room to explore other narrative options, like I already already mentioned, like quests and things like that. Right. Yep. No, I think that's exactly right. And I think the lesson there is just don't let it be the end. And in fact, don't let it be a downer. Let it open the door to like additional interesting things. Right. That's the key. Yeah, I, I think even even if you're not talking about death, like if we're talking about bad luck and, it, and you know, a character gets his arm chopped off, that gives you, you know, you're like, holy crap, my character lost an arm. I'm literally the guy in the party that wields two swords. The only right. one, right? I'm the dual wielder, and I just lost my my arm. What do I do? Well, that you you can you can that struggle can make uh, much much more narrative in, narratively interesting things happen in a game. Right. So uh, I, I I think I think a lot of bad luck can be opportunities to to grab onto. 
No, I, I agree. And I think there you you really nailed what, what for me would be the take home point, right? Which is, yeah, bad luck's going to happen. And the key with your role as the GM is to say, okay, that's fine. That happened. How can I capitalize on this to still do something interesting, to do something of value, mm-hmm. to do something narrative that's going to move it along, right? And you gave a lot of really good options sort of. there. Yeah, I guess I did. Um, and really, you just need to make sure that you're still you're still keeping the 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 notion in mind that fun is the objective, right? Right. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that's actually happened a few times in in games I've played recently where I had like the, you know, we had sort of something go wrong, somebody got seriously injured and then either whatever, whatever, or died. And it became like actually part of the evolving story in the mm-hmm. background of the character. Yes. And it had, you know, the, the character was able to come back with, with, with relative ease, but not low cost. Right. Does that make sense? I, I'm not talking money here. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it really is a narrative opportunity, though. Like you can go somewhere great with that. Yes, your character becomes more memorable the the more the more big challenges they face. Even if that big challenge was just a you know a few bad dice rolls in a row. Right, right. I agree. So I think that's actually the easy one to to tackle because of that. Because I I agree that the answer is you you use the the wonderful opportunity you've been given to tell a suddenly new story that by the way is going to be automatically personalized, mm-hmm. right? Killing the goblins is always going to be whatever, whatever. It's just killing the goblins. Like, the PCs will be happy to do it, and I'm sure they're happy to be the saviors of, you know, Jangleberry Farms or whatever town they're saving that day, right? Like, that's kind of why they're 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 living that adventuring life. I mean, I'm going to use that name, so... Jangleberry Farms? Jangleberry yeah. Farms is a thing now, so... Absolutely. Like, that's why they got into this racket to begin with, right? But that's a very impersonal story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if you uh, if you send them on a quest to restore the life of one of their fallen brethren. OK, well, now, you know, that is automatically an extremely personal story. Mm-hmm. Right. Just out of the gate, like you're getting free you could... narrative weight there. Yeah. And, and and you're not you can you can not only build that character, you can build build that character's future that way. You can build your world around that. Like you can you can you know you can add new new things for players to discover to fix this problem that become canon for that world, right? Right. Right, exactly. So that to me is actually why that one's not as negative as it first seems, even though I think most yeah. people construe that in their head as like, oh no, that's the mm-hmm. sort of the nightmare situation, right? In my mind, the actual nightmare situation, okay, is a character that just gets on like a real unfortunate string of garbo luck, like all night, where he's he or she is just doing poorly, right? And there's no great long-term consequences. It's just you're watching them and you're playing and a game. A slog. Yeah, an hour's rolling by, two hours rolling by. They're just you know, they're just not making any roles that matter. They're feeling just like down and dejected because kind of just everything fails that night, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think one of the things you've got to do in that case, one of the most important things you can do as a GM in that case to, have, to keeping sort of your players highly engaged and motivated is you've got to see that, right? And, and this <laughs> is, go ahead, what were you saying? 
Well, and I, I was going to say, you, you have to see that and figure out a way to not give them a pity win. You Correct. Know? So, yep. so that they don't, they don't interpret it as that. They need to not interpret it <clears throat> as the GM being like, oh, well, you just rolled ones for two hours straight and nothing is working. Your character has done literally nothing to advance the story, their character, or the narrative. I'm just going to give him this thing. You know, it, it can't look like that. It can't feel like that. Right. I agree completely. Here's, here's my honest answer, okay? Every character has probably something that they're really good at. Yeah. Right? That's kind of the nature of most RPGs is that, like, is that characters are often very specialized things. Maybe they're good at talking to people. Maybe they're good at picking pockets. Maybe they're good at shooting laser guns. Maybe they're good at fixing spaceships. I don't care what it is, right? There's there's a thing that they have that they will excel at. So what I think you need to do when you see that situation unfolding, in my mind, is you look at the challenges that you've got coming up in your adventure that night. And you call an audible on the exact nature of the challenge and you realign it to where that character is going to be well aligned to do well in the challenge. They'll still have to roll. They still have to earn it. But because you're now playing to their strength, you flipped the odds around. That character's opportunities for success have increased. Exactly. Whereas if if you just keep making them do the things that they're probably average at, because most of the time characters are often doing things that they're kind of okay at, right? They're, they don't, characters don't every time, every night, every role get to be doing the thing they're the absolute best at. Duh, that's why it's, that's why the game's interesting, right? Because sometimes you get in those spaces and sometimes you don't. So my answer is change one of your upcoming challenges in your adventure to suit it better. And and you might say, well, that's how would I just change something on the fly? It, it could be so very easy, right? If you know that a character is good at talking and moreover characters who are good at talking often have players playing them who love talking, right? Those two things don't always move in tandem, yeah. but they often move in tandem, right? So if you've got a player and a character that, you know, has the gift of gab and loves to talk, but has like failed some really crappy roles and they've just been on about nothing all night and everything's kind of blown up in their face. Then the next combat you had planned, let it resolve through dialogue instead and let mm. this character talk their way out of it. Right. Maybe because they're an elf or because they're a, a you know, Trandoshan bounty hunter, whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter. They're the person's predisposed to hear them out. And so instead of it being a fight, it can be a talk and boom, they can win. Maybe they can even get a new friend out of it. And now suddenly that's they're right back on track and they're feeling like, OK, never mind. I am a I'm a useful part of this party again. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go at it. And you didn't really have to change anything there, right? You still no. used the same the same creatures showed up. You just called a slight audible on the nature of how they interacted with the party, which to me is just heck. I do that sometimes anyways. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you've been in the same place where you'll. You'll be running uh, a game and you're like, gosh, you know, combat's really dragging tonight. I want to change this next thing. So the monsters are more willing to talk just because yep. I don't feel like having another fight. I think we're dragging, right? Let's role play. Yeah, let's actually get back to role playing. Like, geez, yeah. when I wrote this, I didn't think about just how many combats or how tough these would be, you know? Like, so we've all I been imagine, there. Just, yeah. <clears throat> I imagine in our in our conversation about luck before, and I'm just imagining because I don't remember any of it. Sure. Um, but our episode about luck probably... I would bet we talked about luck as a system in games. Yes, we did. 
Okay, so what do you think about mitigation of luck through those systems, like karma? Like having karma points to spend when you've completely failed. Is that a good thing? It's so it's a great question. Is that a better mitigator as opposed as opposed to the GM being left with with what's 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 in front of him to deal with it? So here's what I will say. Um, they're fine. I have no problem with such systems. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that in general, if those systems can be tweaked to where like you can sort of opt into them in some way. Okay, like if I can play with that system or play to that system, it is almost always going to be the most powerful thing I can do. Because what actually stops most characters from being truly effective is those bad rolls. Yeah. Right? The the opportunity to fail. Yeah. Yes. And when you can like mitigate those systems through or sorry, mitigate those that that bad luck through these systems, uh, you will all of a sudden uh, very much be in the most like powerful spot character wise. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So like it certainly seems like it would have weight, bad roles anymore. It would certainly weight your campaign system or your, your I'm sorry your game system uh, I, because of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if this is a space that you as a character are allowed to play in, and you can like my point being if if there let's say there's some expendable resource, some character advancement expendable mm-hmm. resource you can apply to being more lucky, right? Then this is almost always going to be one of the most powerful things you can choose. Like spend this and re-roll a failure, right? Yes, sure. That's an on-the-fly thing. How about this? Spend this thing at character advancement, and you get more of those re-rolls, right? Right, right. I think if these systems are in there to mitigate bad luck, they're best done uh, where they can't be opted into it's almost just like a it's a universal thing that all characters kind of equally mm-hmm. have access to you know what i mean um so the one of the one of the things this this actually was a sort of a thing in Eberron okay. where there was this concept of action points and everybody had an action point they got to use it i don't remember how often at the time because this was back in third edition when it got introduced but you got to use it once per whatever okay once per some amount of time And everybody got to use it once per some amount of time. And what it would let you do is after you made a roll, you could roll a D6 and add it to your roll. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it was great because the, and the way they talked about it, because Ebron was supposed to be kind of like an action noir mashup world. Uh, It was supposed to be sort of the, uh, a little bit of Maltese Falcon meets Flash Gordon. Okay. And so it's it is that action hero like jumping off of the building and grabbing the rope and swinging across like what an insane thing to do do. exactly because you've got this this shield of this die that can help you if you miss by a couple when you're trying this it's like oh you you almost miss the rope and then ah your hands grab it and you lock in and you swing across like the rock and you're awesome you know um I really so I, like that implementation too. I think I think we've written games where that's implemented. That kind of thing is implemented. So yeah. obviously we like that. Absolutely, because there it was universal. Everybody had access to the same resource. There wasn't really much of a way to push it. It just it was what it was, mm-hmm. right? And it was such a great thematic part of the world. It wasn't just this thing mechanically. It was doing what you're talking about. What we're talking about here, right? It was negating bad luck. But it was also adding this incredible verisimilitude 
to the game because it made the game play like the world felt. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and that had a real high uh, sort of psychological utility as as you're experiencing the game. So I think in my mind, my answer is yes, but be very careful about letting players sort of opt into to more of that stuff. Does that make sense? Like, totally makes sense. Just take more action points. That's almost going to be the best thing I can do because suddenly I'm better at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because if I and, and there, are, there are some systems out there that are guilty of that, guilty of the I'm better at, every, at everything kind of stat. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And you have to watch out for the I'm better at everything stat uh, because that's that's generally pretty problematic. Failure is important. Next to it. it is. It absolutely is. I mean, we've talked about failure a lot on this on this podcast, and it really is part of it. So I, mean, I think look at like, this podcast. It's a failure. It's important because of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that you have to accept that there's always going to be some amount of bad luck people are going to experience yeah. feel in games. And just you don't steer away from it. Don't fear it. It should be there. It should be experienced. It should be felt. And people will sometimes get momentarily frustrated. Like I've bad seen luck, it. Bad luck really. It, I felt it's more psychologically damaging though than good luck, right? Because Absolutely. it's like this. The same. The same person might like roll roll like four twenties in a row. Oh my god! Rolled all these twenties, and and you know that's cool for a little while. But when they hit that streak, with it, that eventually kills their character. Man, that's that's a big drain comparatively. Absolutely. Recently, I'll tell a quick story and then we can sort of feel like if we want to sum anything up. So recently, I was uh, playing my character in my current game that I truly love. Like, he's one of my more favorite characters. He's way up there in, in my favorite characters I've ever played, okay? And my character had this very strict policy of, like, he doesn't kill people. Like, I don't kill people, okay? It's just It's just not a thing. And I was doing this sort of mission where I was going underwater to sabotage a boat. And in attempting to sabotage the boat, people on the boat heard me and they came underwater and uh, attacked me. Okay. So I'm fighting like three people underwater. Okay. Just as one person unarmed. Okay. Uh, and I take, I take them out. Like I fight unarmed and I kind of knock people out. I don't kill people. I just knock them out. So I knock out the first guy, go to fight the second guy. When I'm fighting the third guy, like I knock out the second guy real fast. We're all just still underwater. When I knock out the third guy, I keep missing and missing and losing initiative. And it takes me like an extra round, two rounds to knock this guy out. Uh, yeah. And then I grab them all and try to lift them to the surface. Cause I don't want anybody to drown. Right. I have to take them all the way back up to the surface. And because of those two extra rounds, that first guy drowns. Ooh. Okay. Oh, that hurts. So uh, my character is now responsible. Yeah, your guy, your death. guy did this. Yeah, that's his. That's his deal now. Yeah. This is on me. Like he attacked me. Yes, but I like I am the one who knocked him unconscious. This is on my conscience. And the whole rest of that night, I had the worst dice rolls. I've. Ever, this was at the very beginning of the night. This happened. The whole rest of that night, I had the worst dice rolls I've ever had. I don't think I hit with an attack for the rest of the night, and my character will generally be hitting on, like, fours and fives. Mm, that's that's bad luck, yeah. It was an unbelievable string of bad rolling, okay? And 
I was like frustrated at first. It does certainly sound sound like it falls in line though. Like maybe maybe your character could have been like, oh my gosh, I'm like he's he's just holding back. He can't he can't fight anymore because he's he killed somebody. Exactly, and that's what I came to. Right at yeah. first, it felt really bad, and I was just like, gosh darn it, that's why totally can't I get anything? My head went too, yeah. And then after about four times of this happening, I was like, wait a minute. Why would my character want to hurt people right now? Like he feels guilty. He feels sad. He's angry. He's a whirl of emotions and fighting just isn't what he wants to be doing right now. And yet, you know, so just like that's why he's missing because he doesn't have it in him. He's gun shy. And then and then the universe happily kept giving me serving me up bad luck. <laughs> and I was so thrilled about it. Right. It was a great turn of events. Yeah. And that's great. I love that. And I think that so part of this, what I'll say is it can come to you, the player as well. When, you you know, yes, we talked a lot about how the GM can can help and mitigate the the bad things you're experiencing. And certainly as a, as a good GM, you should try to do that. But uh, but uh, but an RPG is a two way street. Right. And when you see yourself having bad roles and getting I mean, it's frustrated, like a, a massive 17 road intersection. But yeah, OK, sure. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yes, very, very true. When you see this happening, when you feel yourself getting frustrated, my best advice is take a step back, think about what's happening in the game, and and make your own story out of your bad luck, right? Use it as a chance to make your own narrative. You are just as much the author of your destiny here as the GM. Don't put it all on them. You can be in charge as well, right? And and use it as an opportunity to craft something memorable that moment like i will remember now that night for years right because it became this very memorable night Mm -hmm. uh because of the combination of terrible luck right and thank god because it was such a cool defining moment for the character because it didn't push character over he didn't decide suddenly oh i'm gonna start just murdering people now i've got these got the taste for humans now no it just re-solidified his his sort of dedication to his morality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so use it. Use those kind of things uh, as much as you can. So there you go. That's my yeah. That's my thoughts on bad luck. Use that's bad luck as things in games, GM. man. Go. Yes. Go bad ahead, luck as things in games, undesigned. Undesigned. All right. Well, very good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Give us a little rating and review on iTunes. Five stars is appreciated, of course. If you can click that, that's super awesome. It makes other people find it share this podcast if you know people of your group who play D and you think they'd be interested hey share this around we we always love that and appreciate that if you want to see more stuff from me check out vincent venturella on youtube but as always i very much appreciate you listening to this one and we'll talk to you next time mm-hmm.